0: Tradcast Express. Tradcast Express, it's Friday, July 12th, 2019. The actual news headlines these days are beyond parody or fiction. For example, consider this one from the British Daily Mail, dated July 11th transgender priest 37 leaves the catholic church to become a woman yeah um that's where we're at now in terms of headlines but hey when people accept a public apostate as the pope of the catholic church anything is possible which reminds me of a recent post at the non-veni blog On July 3rd, a post was published with the title, Count Me In, Moral Certitude and the Invalid Abdication of Pope Benedict XVI, Still Reigning. So, this idea that Benedict XVI didn't really resign or didn't resign validly, we've termed it resignationism, others call it benivacantism, this idea is appealing to more and more people, it seems, people who simply cannot take Francis anymore. And, of course, what better way out than to point at the other guy in white in Vatican City saying that he is the Pope instead? See, just in terms of externals, you know, the papal regalia and the title and the name and the reclusion and the Vatican, just in terms of externals, it's not nearly so crazy as Sedevacantism is always claimed to be, right? So... Those who can see that Catholicism is done for, if Francis is a valid pope, can conveniently now switch back to Ratzinger, Benedict XVI, and then all is saved. Uh, Right? Well, that's what they think. But have these people ever considered that that was maybe the game plan all along? Have they ever given any thought to the idea that Considering what we know about Ratzinger, who is no less heretical than Francis, he's just more circumspect about it, uh, that this whole weird resignation and Pope Emeritus circus was created precisely so that Francis could shift the apostasy into highest gear and they wouldn't have to worry about driving everyone to sedevacantism? Because those who can see that there's no way that Francis is Pope— now have a new alternative to fall back on. Benedict, the real Pope, hiding in Vatican City. And that's where this post comes in that I just mentioned at the non-Venny blog. There the author outlines why he thinks Benedict's resignation was invalid and concludes, quote, Therefore, I hereby declare I am morally certain that Jorge Bergoglio, A.K.A. Pope Francis, is an antipope by reason of the invalid abdication due to the substantial error of Pope Benedict XVI still reigning. Unquote. And this is what gets me: the reason for concluding that Francis is an antipope, which is obviously true. The reason he gives for concluding that is not the heaps and heaps of heresy and apostasy he's been spouting for years and the poison he's been infusing into countless souls who believe him to be the Pope. No, it's Ratzinger's idiotic view of the papacy as a kind of quasi-diarchy instead of a monarchy, which is probably a heresy, by the way. It's that bizarre idea that somehow keeps him not from ever being Pope, mind you, but from not being Pope. This is completely loony. And that's the Anne Barnhart argument. Benedict is in substantial error about what the papacy is, and therefore he cannot validly resign it. Uh, Well, hello, if he is substantially in error about the essence of the papacy, such that it would render his resignation invalid, then he cannot validly accept the office to begin with. If it invalidates his resignation then it also invalidates his acceptance of the office. So, this is absolutely amazing, but it shows what novelist ordoism can do to souls. Truckloads of heresy and apostasy have not been able to convince these people that Bergoglio is not the Pope, but when it comes to Ratzinger's resignation, suddenly they discover moral certitude. Unbelievable. All right, let's move on to something else. The Roman Curia of the Noble Order Church is about to get an extra infusion of estrogen. The so-called Catholic News Service reports in an article on July 8th that Francis has named seven women to be full members of the Congregation for Institutes of Consecrated Life and Societies of Apostolic Life. And yes, that is a first, even for the modernist sect occupying Vatican City. Then, in an interview given to the Argentinian paper La Nación that was published this past Monday, the Frankster said that he would like to visit his native Argentina next year. Yeah, the question is just whether anyone there actually wants to see him because (laughs) they know him very well there. And the facade of the jolly and humble Pope who loves everybody isn't going to fly that well. You know, Francis has visited so many countries in the last six years that it's become painfully obvious that there's one nation he's been avoiding like the plague. His own. Argentina. And from the beginning, he made excuses for why he just wouldn't be able to go there just yet. And so, in my opinion, he knows that after six years, no excuse is going to work anymore. So, he knows he'll just have to bite the bullet and go. So, yeah, my opinion is that the official plan is to visit in 2020, but then something will probably come up and he'll have to postpone it till 2021. And he's probably hoping he'll die before then, but that's uh, probably not going to happen. All right. Lastly, a very conservative Novus Ordo priest has been excommunicated by his supposed bishop. No, not for abusing anyone or anything. He would have just been moved to a different parish for that. No, he did something that gets Novus Ordo bishops really upset, where they have no sense of humor and no tolerance. He took issue with the spirit of Vatican II, and some things done and said by the novus ordo uh, popes. Now, that is the one thing you cannot do in the Vatican II Church, as the moniker kind of suggests. And When it comes to supposedly Catholic politicians voting for abortion, for example, or for using federal funds to support the dismemberment of children in the womb and the sale of their body parts, that's what novus ordo bishops count on, dialogue and tolerance and the primacy of conscience. Besides, they discover that excommunicating such martyrs and really would not accomplish anything anyway. But when it comes to an issue they actually care about, like making sure people don't even think about questioning Vatican II or all those sainted popes that the council cranked out in bulk, that's where they swiftly exercised the full force of their putative authority. And so on July 8th, Church Militant published an article entitled Priest Excommunicated Parish Closed After Criticism of Conciliar Popes. Let me quote from this piece a little bit. Quote, A priest of the personal ordinariate of the chair of St. Peter has been excommunicated and his parish permanently closed months after he criticized certain actions of various popes both during and after the Second Vatican Council. On April 1st, Bishop Stephen J. Lopes announced he had issued a decree of excommunication against Father von Treco, pastor of St. Bede the Venerable in suburban Minneapolis, citing rejection of the magisterial authority of an ecumenical council and a series of popes. The charge stems from a homily Father Treco delivered on November 25th, 2018, the Solemnity of Our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. The first signs of trouble came on December 11th when Father Treco was contacted by Ordinariate Vicar General Father Timothy Perkins. Father Perkins denounced the homily as tantamount to heresy and ordered Treco to fly to Texas for a meeting with Bishop Stephen Lopes, head of the personal ordinariate. The following day, Father Treco met with Bishop Lopes, Vicar General Perkins, and Father Richard Kramer, Director of Vocations at the Ordinariate's Houston Chancery. Unquote. And this is where it gets interesting. You see, Treco was asked to affirm that he acknowledges the validity of the Second Vatican Council and the legitimacy of the papal claimants. John the twenty third, Paul the Sixth, John Paul the I, John Paul the Second, Benedict the Sixteenth, and Francis, even though nothing he had said had indicated otherwise. How about that? Well, see, there's one thing and one thing only, that these people are really nervous about: questioning the legitimacy of Vatican II and the modernist monsters that have masqueraded as Catholic popes since then. And the reason is simply this. It's the entire basis of their religion. If you take that away, it all collapses. There's nothing left. Okay, If you deny the papal claims of these charlatans and the abominable robber senate that is the foundation of their new religion, you're pulling the rug out from underneath their entire modernist edifice. Take it all away and what is left of the Vatican II religion? Nothing. It's over. Their religion begins with John Twenty-Third in 1958. Now, they may let you have the Latin Mass, but boy, you are not going to get from them the old faith, the religion of Pope Pius XII and his predecessors. Ladies and gentlemen, when was the last time you heard about a novus Ordo priest being called in by the bishop because of what he had said in a sermon? See, somehow that never happens for any of the countless garbage sermons most novus Ordo priests preach every Sunday. It only happens when someone passionately preaches something that resembles Catholicism. Then all hell breaks loose. Let me quote a little more from the Church Militant article. Quote, In spite of Father Treco's pledges of fidelity, Bishop Lopes dismissed his personal profession of faith, accusing the priest of fomenting schism within the Church. As Father Treco and his backers point out, the bishop has refused to specify how and where in his homily Father Treco incited schism, noting that instead Lopes has lobbed accusations only in general terms unquote. (laughs) See, I find that a bit funny. I mean, here this bishop jokester is insistent on accepting Vatican II and then pretends to be all concerned about schism. Well, has he not learned from the council that schismatic sects are used by the Holy Ghost as means of salvation? Doesn't he know that schismatics are also baptized brothers in Christ whose sacraments give access to salvation? Doesn't he know that he's in at least partial communion with schismatics who are not lacking in so many gifts that help to build up the body of Christ? I mean, where has this man been? I think the real question is, does he accept Vatican II? So anyway, Mr. Loeb's charged Mr. Treco with a public act of schism but refused to identify exactly how this delict had been committed even after being asked to do so. Treco assured him he would be happy to recant anything contrary to the faith, but that he's not aware of having stated anything contrary to it. Well, that wasn't good enough for the pretend bishop, and he proceeded to excommunicate Treco. and on May 19th, the entire parish was shut down. Folks, I don't say it with glee, but with charity. This is what you get when you hold that modernists can rule the Catholic Church. If you acknowledge as legitimate Catholic shepherds people who are public modernists, then don't complain if they give you and enforce modernism. Tradcast Express is a production of Novus Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org. And if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novusordowatchorg donate.